Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I am your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Mick. Uh, Mick is a very big Souls fan. He's a very big video game player. He's also a friend of one of my good friends, Nikki, who was the first person to be on this podcast twice. Uh, me and Mick sat down and talked about his history with the series and um, the, the magic of PvP and kind of everything in between. Thanks and enjoy this episode. started with Dark Souls 1 when it came out. I had been reading about how it was the most amazing game ever. I remember some reviewer compared it. They said, this game's like Castlevania Symphony of the Night, but then 3D. And even though I kind of hate simple comparisons like that in reviews, um, I actually think that is a fairly good comparison. They're, the two games are structured very similar. Um, so I picked it up at launch and threw myself at it having I, I play a lot of video games even competitively but um i haven't played many 3d games i remember when 3d games became popular kind of during the ps2 or, or even ps1 era um seemed like you just would lock on to enemies mash the attack button and hit the dodge button when the game cued you to hit dodge like isn't that god of war in a nutshell seemed really mindless so i hadn't played many uh 3d games at all so trying to pick up dark souls one was really hard for me was it just um just that adjustment from 2d to 3d games well i mean it was like learning everything over again Uh, i think that's what people like about dark souls is it kind of uh redefined what games can be and came up with a bunch of new ideas uh, the combat is so slow and methodical. Uh, you sort of uh, buffer your inputs. And so being new to the game, I would panic and mash all the buttons a bunch. And uh, anyone who's played Dark Souls knows how well that uh, does you. I'm curious. I'm always curious about this when people start playing Dark Souls because the, I, I had a lot of difficulty like with the with just managing the game's mechanics at first. So, you know, like even the little hollow dudes with you know, if they had a shield, I was fucked. Like I had no idea what to do. What do you think it was about the game that drew you in that kept kind of made you keep playing it, even though it was relatively difficult and not something that you were used to? I came so close to quitting. I made it to the first bonfire in the Undead Parish and then uh It was forever before I beat the first boss of the game. Um, I was actually losing souls because um, I I thought that I needed to repair my armor then because I I didn't know that it was Dark Souls. I didn't know that it was different than other JRPGs. I was sort of treating it like a JRPG and my armor was getting damaged. So I was throwing all of the souls that I was making into repairing that instead of leveling up. Because those guys you were talking about, just a, a simple guy with a shield and maybe a spear was kicking my butt. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the point that it clicked. It was probably after I beat the first boss and realized that 
um, the game was actually possible. Uh, <laughs> but I like that. Now, now I understand that this game is possible. Okay, I didn't really understand it before. <laughs> well, I almost quit again at the Taurus Demon, and I, I wouldn't blame anyone for having played the game many, many, many times since. Uh, I don't have a problem with any of it. I'm, I'm very good at the game now, but even going back and finding the Taurus Demon again, is that's not good game design. Dark Souls is a great game, but that one part of Dark Souls is not good, in my opinion. Having a dog stunlock you two seconds after opening the door. The uh, oh, the Taurus Demon. Are, there, are you talking about the? Tor- or the am, Capra I, am I? Am I? Oh, Capoeira, Capoeira Demon. Sorry, it's yeah. been a while since I've played these games. I've tried to refresh myself before recording here. T- totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Certain I, names wrong. I think. Um, that, that's a no. That's the Taurus Demon is not so bad. Yeah, the the Capra Demon is such a weird. It's like the first time that the game is really trying to ask ask the player a question, and it's you know, hey, do you have a shield, and have you been upgrading it? And I think it's, for, for me, I was so resources were so scarce in that game that I hadn't really put anything into my shield because I was like, my weapon needs to be the thing that I always upgrade. My weapon, my weapon, my weapon, and uh, just got crushed over and over and over again. And it took like a year <laughs> to come back around to that, to play it again, to realize like, Oh, if you have a high stability shield, this fight is way easier and you could just do these things. But of course, you know, the, the game really brutally punishes you with that. And of course the run up to that fight is, is kind of terrible. Like they hadn't figured out that you should put bonfires in front of boss doors at that point. Right. Well, you can you can use the shortcut and run there from Firelink Shrine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I would do. I know because I had to run there like probably twenty five or thirty times. You know, it actually. I'm embarrassed to say this. I don't think it actually occurred to me ever to use a shield on those dogs. I would always just try and uh, kill them without a shield. Maybe that's why it was so hard. Don't hey, don't don't feel bad. Like that's not an original thought for me either. Like I was like, oh well, you know, my my unupgraded shield just keeps getting knocked knocked away anytime like two dogs hit it, and then the guy, and then a capra like hits me. I never thought about that until later, where they were like, yeah, upgrade your shield; it improves the stability. And I'm like, oh, stability. That's a thing that the game has not explained to me very well yet. <laughs> now I know. Now I understand. Yeah, they, well, they don't explain how to level up, and they don't explain how to level up your weapons. That took me forever. Um, oh yeah, you know. Okay, I know the turning point. This is this is a when I got that Drake sword, that made my life a lot easier. So, how did you know to get uh, the great sword? Did someone like kind of point you in that uh, direction? The Drake Drake sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, not great sword, but Drake sword. Yeah. How did you know how, oh. to, how to how to get it? Because it's kind of a, a hidden thing. Did did a friend tell you like, oh, you got to go shoot this dragon's tail a thousand times to to find it? Uh, no, I wish I had more friends who were playing the game then. And I, I try not to look too much stuff up online because that can spoil a game. But I think I did find out online about the Drake Sword because uh, again, I was having a, just a miserable time with the game, um, just dying over and over and over again. Uh, so I was I was looking at posts like what what can I do to make this game easier and I, I know people uh, kind of crap on the Drake Sword now for being a a really terrible weapon even mid mid game but uh, no it was it was night and day because I I didn't have any upgraded weapons I didn't even really know how to upgrade it I, there's that one blacksmith you get fairly early on but. Um, Upgrade. Oh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. 
I, upgrading was just a little confusing. So I, I was still playing it like a JRPG and trying to save my stones until I knew what weapon I wanted to use. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where uh, if something is limited, if my resources are limited, I'm going to be even less likely to spend them no matter how useful they would be for me. So uh, I'm definitely one of those players that winds up with you know, 17,000 healing items at the end of a video game, right? It's just like, right. it just makes me not ever use anything that's consumable in a video game because I'm scared that I'm going to need it later. And right, I'm, Dark Souls 2 has a lot of items like that. Don't they have those uh, healing flasks that heal you fully, I think? Yeah, you can... Uh, I never you, use those. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, there's all kind... I mean, Dark Souls 2 is just riddled with consumables that are... You know, there's the... Um, is it the butterflies? Yeah, there's the mushrooms, and then there's the the thing that makes you do more damage but take more damage. I can't remember what that is, but just all sorts of weird consumables in that game that you can uh, that you, that you can play around yeah. with. Sorting through that item list is a pain. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What? How long do you think that first playthrough of Dark Souls One took you? Like when you? Well, I don't the, have to think about it because they tell you. Um, Oh, God, I think it might have been 120 hours, but that's I went into New Game Plus for oh, so it was probably closer to like 80 or 100 hours. Sure. Did you have any besides obviously the very beginning of the game? Do you, did you have any kind of brick walls or stumbling blocks throughout the game? Are you you know like a lot of people say it's the archers or ONS or a certain boss or a certain area where they just like fuck this game i'm gonna throw it away did you have any 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 frustrating moments like that i think i counted like 40 deaths on the archers so that was one for sure but at at that point i was in love with the game and willing to just do it over and over and over again and boy when i finally got past those archers and made it to the bonfire there was no greater feeling than oh god i'm i'm safe i can respawn here (laughs) i Um, never have to do that again and i'm very excited about that (laughs) Yeah, well, except it's not very hard now, now that I've played it so many times. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I invested uh, skill points in, um, what is it, resistance, I think. Oh, the, wow, the yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I mean, the game had just come out. No one really knew what they were doing. Uh, and I was playing a physical build. I, I decided that magic would be too complex, so I just wouldn't worry about it. Uh, but then I didn't, you know, uh, get a proper physical weapon. In fact, the, the Drake sword was so useful. I, I tried to use that for as long as possible. I, I don't think I um, picked up anything new until uh, I'm trying to think about uh, when did Dark Souls 1 came out? It's, it's so long ago. I can't remember. Yeah, Dark Souls 1 came out matter. in 2011. So. 2011. So, yeah, I... I uh, I've played so many times since then. <laughs> I'm I'm really curious about your additional playthroughs and kind of what how they were different from your your first one. Okay, okay. Well, let let me talk about my most recent playthrough because okay. uh, I thought it was sort of interesting at any rate. Sure. I um I've played Dark Souls maybe probably like eight or nine times, and uh, the last few times. Um, it was starting to get a little stale, so I took a break for a while. But when it came out again on the Switch, I decided to grab it one last time um, 
And in fact, I, I just bought it for a week and then I sold it because I was kind of disgusted with the lackluster um, release that uh, Bandai put into it. It seems like they released that game and every time the online is broken. So uh, we had to buy it again on PC and then the online was, they, what was games for Windows? The on online was garbage then. Um, so it feels like I'm, they're sort of, uh, just charging people to buy, uh, making people buy Dark Souls one more time to actually get a good online experience with it. Um, but I went for it, um, and I made a sorcerer and went low level uh, throughout uh, the first half of the game. I tried to stay under level 40 and um, went through Sen's Fortress Basically, I, I got to, um, what is it, Seath the Scaleless. Sure, uh, yeah. Let me just uh, give a disclaimer. I, I'm a really nice person in real life, but one of the things that I learned to love about Dark Souls is that you can um, invade people and kill them and ruin their virtual day, so to speak. <laughs> uh, and, and that's a lot of fun, especially if you try to be really nice to people in life. It can be uh, quite the release to run up and hide in someone's world and, and, and backstab them right as they've encountered other monsters. So they're kind of screwed from the get-go. Uh, now you were speaking so, my language. I was, I was a huge yeah. PvP guy of Dark Souls 1. Like that's, that's still the game that I want to go back to and, and invade and kill people in. Yeah, and, and having had my butt kicked for because I tried to learn that game, and was, the whole time I'm struggling to just get through that game for the first time, of course, people are invading me and making my life harder. So it sort of taught me that that sort of behavior is acceptable. So I don't know how you can tell me how mean this latest playthrough is, if it's like super disgusting, but I kept my level really low throughout the first half of the game like below level 40 and uh, did a sorcery build and um, made my way all the way to Seath the Scalus and got the uh, Moonlight Greatsword from him. And then uh, I think once you do that, you have access to the DLC. And I made my way all the th way through the DLC and got all of the, uh, the dark sorceries. Um, including pursuers, which is just—have you played with pursuers at oh, all? Yeah. It's it's oh, a, yeah. like a home and home. It's so mean, and I think a lot of the people I was playing online, uh, again because this was on the Switch, they maybe had never even seen pursuers, and they weren't at a level where they should even be able to access it or be facing off against people who, uh, at any rate. Uh, I destroyed a lot of people online with it. Oh, at that and um, Dark Bead, which seems like it should be balanced. I think Dark Souls 1 would be a better game if they applied some balance patches to it. I was kind of disappointed that the uh, re-release, the remastered edition, uh, didn't change anything, really. Yeah, it was interesting. They... Um... They added like a weapon level matching system, uh, but they didn't like oh, right. fix how broken Dark Bead can be. <laughs> like they, they, it was weird the the way that they changed Dark Souls One for the new consoles because it seemed like they could do more. Uh, but then they chose to like add a bonfire, which is great. Like that's a real good quality of life. Like that bonfire down there by the blacksmith is great. 
but oh that's right yeah that was nice but it's it, but you know the stuff that they ignored like how how broken stuff is uh versus i don't know man it's just it's it's really weird but I, but i'm totally with you like i my joy in getting invaded for the first time and just immediately killed and realizing that i can do that too and then proceeding to do nothing but invade people over and over and over again for like two years or something like that was pretty, that was all i did in dark souls was just invade 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 and do pvp it was so much fun and, and being invaded is just as fun in my opinion uh I, I will use humanity just in the hopes that i'll get invaded um i don't really understand the people that like consider it uh, a personal uh, well invasion for lack of a better word like that you have no right to mess with their game uh, see, well I mean one you can be hollow if, if you want that yeah um, that's actually how me and Nikki uh, came to know one another is um, I was invading so much that I would get you know messages from people all of the time saying how dare you invade me you're you're a broken person and then call me you know racist or homophobic or you know just every single name under the sun so i started collecting all that stuff and started a tumblr for it and putting all my hate mail up and nikki saw it she was like oh i've got hate mail too so we became hate mail friends for a long time i didn't know you were the person who ran that tumblr i've i've visited it it's very amusing oh dark souls haters yeah yeah that was that was all yes. me back in the day some, yeah. some great messages for some some very salty pissed off people <laughs> it was really funny like the the stuff that i would get from as submissions from other people that other people had gotten were, were just crazy uh it's it's still out there. Like I I leave, I leave all that stuff up. I don't post on it anymore. Obviously, I just don't play enough of the games to really collect or be a part of it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's some of the stuff that you know people would say is just kind of mind blowing. Like the messages that they would send you, calling you horrible names, and yeah, fun times. People got. I I don't. I just. I I wonder if that's like pure Dark Souls. Like, do people send messages like that when they fight each other in Battlefield? I don't. I don't know. It seems like it's a Dark Souls thing. It makes me glad that they don't allow uh, voice chat in the Dark Souls games. Because I I have played online video games where you can, you know, type to people and talk to them. And it it does sort of give you an idea that there's a lot of assholes out there, for lack of a better word. Um, So it's it's nice that all you can say is hello and very good and, and the like in Dark Souls. Yeah, it's um, and the gesture system, right? Like even before we had those wood carvings with the DLC, just only relying on gestures of being like, you know, over there or pointing or or rapidly holding your shield up and down, rapidly like hitting the left button to communicate stuff is, you know, it contributed to a, a sense of mystery with that game. And um, I don't know, like you would like imagine like someone invading you and you'd be like, where the fuck did they get that sword? <laughs> I want that sword. <laughs> That was like some pure Dark Souls moments for me. Like that was the thing that really hooked me into the game. I made a signature uh, thing that I do when I defeat people. I'll pick up one of those little uh, light marking stones and I drop that where they died. Um, sort of uh, as, as my own signature gesture. Um, it's pretty great if a whole bunch of people have been invading me because I can have a bunch of little uh, trophy markers for where I've defeated people. Yeah, it's. Uh, I love dropping those prism stones in, in other people's worlds. There was a um, early in the game's life. There was a glitch where you could um, use the dragon head stone to like spit out infinite items, 
and you could basically oh, invade somebody and uh, a lot of people just used it with like poison knives you would just become like an infinite poison knife like automatic machine gun thing uh, but if you did it with prism stones, the game would lag out to the point where it would just crash and somebody would have to reboot <laughs> their game. So if you really wanted yeah. to be an asshole, that was the way to do it. Did you do uh PVP and stuff in like dark souls two or three or any, or bloodborne or any of the, any of those games, or is it just kind of dark souls one? Yeah, I thought dark souls two has the best PVP of the series actually. Um, because uh, Dark Souls 1 really seems to favor backstabbing, which, I mean, that that's, makes for okay combat. But uh, when I would face off against someone who really knew what they were doing, who had been playing PvP a lot, it was all about them just getting me to, you know, turn for just a second. And then their sort of, their avatar would warp behind me magically, as it does in that <laughs> game, and I'd be dead. Um, uh, what did you think the the best game for online was? I thought it. I thought two had um, just so many different cool covenants and weapons and builds. Yeah, I uh, I like two a lot. Um, I'm 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 I think I'm a little bit kinder to that game than a lot of people are. Uh, but the for me, PvP was was way more about invading and trolling and doing weird stuff. And Dark Souls two had quite a bit of that. Um, but I just kind of naturally gravitated towards Bell Bros and to the, the Blood Brotherhood Blood Covenant. I don't remember the name of it. Blood Brotherhood of Blood, maybe? Yeah, that sounds right. The um, Red Guys? Yeah, yeah. And um, the so I kind of naturally gravitated towards that, and it just became... Uh, it, it became like a, a dueling simulator. Like, I would just spend time in the arena. And uh, as much as I, I like... I like, Go ahead. I did, I did a lot of arena time. Um that uh, that one had the meanest um, requirements for ascending in that. It was fucking uh, guild, ridiculous, right? man. Just yeah. just so harsh. Like they penalize you for losing as much as they reward you for winning. So you have to just be better than everyone else. I, I don't know. I can't remember it exactly, but I remember it being torture trying to level up that thing. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you had to have like a hundred more wins than losses or whatever. Like they tied your losses up into it as well. So it wasn't just, you had to win a hundred things. You just had to win a hundred more things than you've lost, which made it just almost impossible. Like I played that game a whole lot and I wasn't terrible at the PVP. I was pretty good. And I still never got to that final covenant with the cool aura or whatever. I just, I just gave up. Yeah. I think I made it to the second to the last rank too. I loved that bridge level that you could fight on though. Uh, like especially if you're playing like a character with some types of magic, you can really uh, have a lot of fun on that bridge. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> or if you had a great sword and you can knock people off that bridge, <laughs> that was always a lot of fun. <laughs> I like all that stuff a lot. But yeah, I I feel the same way about Dark Souls too. Uh, I actually like it a lot more than Dark Souls three. I think it's uh, a better sequel to Dark Souls one in that it actually introduces more new concepts um and you know it, it's it's not just uh i mean three i don't know i don't know if i want to spend this podcast uh harshing on three but doesn't it seem kind of <laughs> derivative of one because sort of seems like they're just like oh, what you wanted more dark souls one okay here's more dark souls one and they just threw it at you that's um that's primarily my complaint with it i, f- I find it uh, an absolute joy to play like i find like the the, the weapons and the, 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 the actual mechanics have it a lot of fun, but yeah, I just can't get over that. The fact that like you just, you go into Firelink shrine and like Andre is there 
he <laughs> serves no purpose other than he's just there. Like there's no there's no story about him. Like he at one point he kind of takes part in another NPC's quest line, but it, he, I mean he just hands you an item. Like that's that's it. Like that's it's it's so weird and just there for the sake of being there that it's 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 kind of annoying. Um, yeah. And and lo- a lot of this stuff. I have a friend um, that does another Dark Souls podcast, and he says like to him dark souls two and three are all just like fan fiction at this point. Like he just ignores all of the lore from that. <laughs> and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of feel that way about dark souls three. Like I, I find a lot of that stuff interesting, but I don't, I don't actually want it to interact with my dark souls one stuff that I have in my head because I like that stuff so much. If that makes sense. Well, yeah. And it, it contradicts a lot of the stuff in dark souls one too. I'm not the um, most versed on dark souls lore. I think it's fascinating, but then when I'm playing the games, I'm so into the game part of the game that I kind of don't do all the sleuth work that you need to do to understand just who's related to who and why they did what. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I'll re- watch the videos on YouTube later and I'll go, oh, so that's what all those guys that I killed were up to. <laughs> oh, that's who that was. <laughs> Yeah, I've never been the type to to put together those lore stories myself. So having a podcast and YouTube videos to to fill that, those details in really helped me out. Are you are you the same way? Do you find yourself like in, in my heyday of Dark Souls one? Like I couldn't help myself but just to consume everything that I could find on it. Were, were you similar? Oh, of course. Uh, that's that's part of the fun is uh, the online aspect of Dark Souls uh, for sure. What do you uh well like what what kind of stuff are you gravitating towards? Just lore videos or PvP videos or or what? Probably not anything uh that other people wouldn't have heard of, you know, watch out for fireballs, body vidya, uh no, n- nothing um nothing special. Did you uh did you like make any stuff yourself? Like did you ever do get get the urge to do like a PvP video or something since you were invading all the time? No. Never got to, never 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 thought about doing it. No. What was the um we talked about like the mechanics and stuff with Dark Souls 2. Um how did you find after playing so much Dark Souls 1 the the story is so much of a departure in Dark Souls 2? Were you along for the ride or does that not matter as much to you as you're playing through the game or how, how did you find that? Well, I think the actual world of Dark Souls 1 is of course my favorite. But when it comes to story, I think I like two better. Um, well, again, I, I was saying how like I'm not really willing to put in the extra work while I'm playing to understand what's going on. So the whole time I was playing Dark Souls 1, I didn't really understand what was going on. So I liked how 2 sort of took that and made it the main theme of the game. They're like, yeah, uh, your memory's weird. We're all going crazy. We're all weird, empty, soulless warriors, and life is meaningless. Um, so yeah, I, I thought 2 was cool. So you, you were into it. I have very few complaints with 2. I totally agree with, the, it's a valid criticism that the world doesn't connect up in logical ways the way that 1 did so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's too long of a game, especially once you add in all the DLC. The DLC is very neat, but it's adding a lot of hours to an already, I would say, the longest Souls game. Um, and also in the DLC, it 
it feels like DLC. Like all the stuff you get in there are items that you would get at the end of a game. None of the items really matter that much. Well, that's not true. There's some cool new stuff, but uh, okay, I'm, I've started rambling again. <laughs> no, but, no, I'm, I'm right there with you because uh, I've recently tried to play through Dark Souls Two again, and it's man, it's just like when you start it up, it's just so daunting. You you, you think about all of the areas that you have to go through and all of the bosses you have to kill, and then like the DLC is integrated now, and like it's just it's just a and each individual DLC feels like a like an expansion. It doesn't feel like a an extra level. Like it feels like a a whole campaign almost to to get through. So it's, right, because it was initially designed for people who had probably already bought and played the game through. So they're gonna feel like it wasn't a very good purchase if the DLC is the same size as just you know one other little area. Yeah. Um, and I, mean, I I like it all right, but I, when I played the game a second time. Uh, the fire tower and the uh, the winter area felt very very long, especially that winter area. That that's a big area. Oh yeah, <laughs> especially with the uh, the optional kind of side path where it's through the blizzard and everything. Which you know, oh, I, think I don't I'm, think I'm ever doing that again. I did it once, but that was torture. It sucks so much, man. Like, like I really thought that that was going to be. I thought there was going to be something extremely special at the end of that blizzard because why else would they hide it? You know what I'm saying? Like, why would they make this so difficult unless there was some worthy reward at the end? And it's like, oh, that boss that you already fight, fight two of them at the same time, I guess. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, I'm never, ever getting into that coffin again. Yeah, I'm never fighting the dragon, the gold dragon in Dark Souls 2 again either. That was not fun. Yeah, they, they made that fight a little better in the uh, in the scholar edition um, but it's still it's, so, oh, it's, it's still I, I don't a, think I fought him in that yeah it's it's a it's still a huge drag they just nerfed him a little bit like they you know but his his AI is easy enough to get into a loop so you can just wail on his legs all day like it's not a fun or exciting fight but it's just a slightly easier than it used to be yeah I think that's how I beat him the one time I did is like I had to watch a video that showed exactly the amount of distance to run at him to make him do what you want yep not not a good way to play a game. Super boring way to play a game, as, as a matter of fact. I mean, some people, you know, I, I watch people do that on Twitch and things of like, hey, you know, I'm going to, they know exactly what to do to trigger a certain thing, to do a certain thing, to make it, uh, you know, really easy. Um, but yeah, it's, that, that that's viable. But to me, I'm like, eh, I don't actually want to do that. Did you play Bloodborne? I did. Um... But I, I, man, I was looking at how many people on your podcast, everybody on your podcast uh, loves that game. Is, is that the game you talk about most, would you say? Man, I'd probably so. <laughs> yeah. So I've only played it 1.5 times, so I'm probably not the person to talk to about it. But I do think it's a very good game. I'm just curious how you found it because it's such a departure from the Souls formula up to that point. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you have a difficulty adjusting to that or did you enjoy that, that departure to be a little bit more of a action focused game? Well, I, I did have difficulty adjusting. Actually, it, it took me back to the first time I played Dark Souls um, because I did play that first level area in Bloodborne for a long time before I finally figured out how the game was supposed to be played. Uh, which is different than Dark Souls, as you know, I'm sure. Um, and it wasn't until maybe two-thirds of the way through that I was finally like confident enough to, when I get hit, instead of running out of the way and healing like you would in Dark Souls, striking right back and, and getting that health back and just feeling like a badass. Um, but I, I eventually got the hang of it. 
Um, what was it about? Like, I mean, you said you played it one and a half times. Obviously, you played the the Dark Souls games um, quite a bit more. Do you think oh, that? Do you think that's attributed to just a different setting that you were you were just not quite as into, or differences in the mechanics, or what? What, what was the oh, difference there for you? Just a couple of things. Um, I'm not super into the whole uh, Cthulhu uh, mythology thing. Like, I I kind of like games that um, I like the concept of blue sky gaming. I I, I like a, a game that's pretty to look at. Mm-hmm. And throughout all of Bloodborne, you're just looking at this, you know, desiccated, horrible place. And there's always like some old lady screaming in your ear, uh, or or a beast that screams. It's just, it's just not very happy. Um, I, I, I I get that it's not go for. I, I get that some people really like that. Uh, what would you say? How would you describe it? You're obviously a, a fan. Yeah, I, I um, I but I can see I can see why. Um... <clears throat> it can be a very dark and dreary place and it's kind of a constantly dark and dreary place. The, the moments that that, that game, like there's no, um, you, you mentioned blue sky and I just, I can think back to like, you think about the undead Berg and dark souls one where it's not, it's not beautiful, but it's light. Like it's still daytime outside. Uh, well, and there are a lot of pretty levels. Well, dark souls two more than dark souls one, I think has a lot of gorgeous areas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, which is not to say that there, uh, Bloodborne doesn't look cool, too, in some ways. The other thing is um, I don't really like paying Sony for their online service. So, uh, But then I also feel like I'm missing out on some of the game if I'm playing it offline. But maybe that's not actually the case because the online doesn't seem to like the PvP doesn't really happen in that game, does it? Uh, I mean, I, I have friends I that do it. Able to... Yeah, I have friends oh, that yes? do it, but it's not um, like I. It's not because of the way that it's set up. You can't just invade anybody. Like they have to specifically be summoning, and you can kill the thing that le- allows you to be invaded if you're if you're fast enough, so you won't get invaded there. Like it's very limited to um, you know, the, one or two areas that are kind of pre-made for PvP. I have really enjoyed the combat mechanics in PvP. But the fact that you could just spam healing all of the time and healing is a consumable resource like rubbed me the wrong way. But I really enjoyed the the kind of speed of it. I just wish it had been a little bit better balanced. But uh, yeah, I think some of the weapons like in PvP are, are really cool. Did you ever get to play Demon Souls PvP? Not really. Uh, by the time I got to Demons, I went from Dark to Demons. Uh, so me too. By, by the time I got to Demons, uh, it was... If I was playing online, it was like constantly getting invaded by storm ruler sword or you know uh, scraping spear guys. Like it wasn't anything like fun or interesting. Um, the, is, this, is the scraping spear that uh, equipment destroying item? It is. Yeah, I had somebody do that to me. It was one of my few online experiences with that game. It's a uh, it's it's pretty miserable. <laughs> yeah. It was really exciting, though. Uh, whenever you did find someone online in that game, it was kind of like if you were playing one of your favorite offline RPGs. Like, I really liked Final Fantasy VI when I grew up. It'd be like if I was playing Final Fantasy VI, and then all of a sudden I encountered a real person in my game. Because it feels like an offline game, but then every once in a while someone would show up, and it'd be like really scary or exciting. Yeah, those were the kind of experiences that I really craved in, in Dark Souls. Uh, and then 
to go back to Demon Souls and like still see phantoms and ghosts and stuff running around is is really great. You know, they took the servers offline for that game, but uh, like people have their own custom servers now, so you can just like keep playing Demon Souls online, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Uh, I wonder if those are more populated than the uh, the official. I don't. I don't know. There, there seems to be a pretty dedicated little community uh, around it. Like I'm on, a, I'm on a Discord server that is dedicated to that stuff, and you know they have events where they set the world tendency to black or white or or whatever. Like they they cycle through stuff. So I think I feel like there's a you, small core of people still going going hard on demons. Do you have to hack? Uh, your ps3 or anything to connect to the custom servers or do you know no no it's a um <clears throat> the way that i did it was just uh my router at the time had a a, a thing well i'm about to get oh, to tell some... your router to pretend to be the official server got it P- pretty much yeah you just change dns settings around i think they've got new ways now like a new better way where and, uh, i know some people were using like their pcs as a as a gateway to you know control traffic there there's there's different ways to do it so it's not hard though and you don't have to like have a custom firmware on your ps3 or anything like that are I you might uh, check that out. are you looking forward to Sekiro? like have you have you been keeping up on the development of that at all uh, is there much info? I mean, I, I saw the video at E3, but is, has there been much since then? Yeah, they've released, um, like, this is how your character progresses. And, you know, here's 15 minutes of gameplay footage and, and stuff like that. I was curious if you were keeping up to date with any of that or if you prefer to kind Not of go in much. blind. Well, I got less excited when I found out that the it's more of a single player experience than an online experience. Or am I wrong here? No, no, it's it's fully single player. There is no multiplayer. Fully single player. Yeah, that's what really let me down. Probably the reason I haven't played as much Bloodborne 2 is I, I really like that PvP. It's not to say I don't love the single player part of uh, Dark Souls. I've played Demon Souls probably six or seven times. and Obviously, I wasn't playing that for the multiplayer. Um, yeah. Yeah. I um, It's weird. I'm, I'm just... I'm going to be interested in what From Software does next with, with Sekiro because it just it seems like a a departure from souls games. And it seems like a return to like the stuff that they used to make with, um, Tenchu and, and games like that. So it'll be interesting. Oh, I, I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing or trying it out. I should say, what would your, uh, what would your ideal from software game be like at this point? Like, do you, if they, if you could, if you could whisper into Miyazaki's ears and get him to make your, your dream video game, what, what do you think it would be? Is it dark souls one, but better, or what, what do you think it would be? based on what I think they're good at making. Sure. I mean, probably, I don't want to say more Dark Souls, but I don't want to say something different than Dark Souls. I don't know. I'm After Dark Souls 3, I'm maybe done with uh, the Soul series for a while. Because I, I, I don't think, I, I, I think that they may be creatively exhausted. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of what I didn't like about Dark Souls 3 is it, it, it felt like it is time for From to move on to something else. So I guess since I like uh, online play, I, I want them to make a new awesome game with new innovative ways of interacting, intermingling your single player experience with the multiplayer experience. That's my favorite thing about Dark Souls. So I want to see more of that. Nice. I, uh, I'd love to, for them to do a, like, um, 
the thing that I always wanted with PvP was to be able to to group with people and have like roles to fulfill. I feel like that there's a way that you could refine Souls PvP into a like almost a team based battle, but like just have it be as much as I love the invading and trolling aspect of Dark Souls One PvP. Like if you made the mechanics good enough, so it was actually like a fun multiplayer game at the same time. Like I feel like that could be a lot of fun. Like right next to an Overwatch, you know what I'm saying, where you can build a team and go fight a team, fight some other people too. I've been enjoying that with Smash Bros. lately. We've been doing 3v3 teams, which mm-hmm. sort of sounds similar, and each person picks a different character. Uh, and you, you do. You start uh, developing strategies and working with each other, and that can be really fun. Uh, well, Mick, thank you very much for, for guesting on the podcast with me and sharing your stories with me. I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and talking with me this morning. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Where can you be found on the internet if uh, people are looking for you? If anybody is interested in finding me, they can find me on Twitter at at mad underscore mage. Excellent. Um, any tumblers or anything like that that you'd want to? No, that's yeah. good enough. Cool. Well, uh, thanks again for guesting. This has been an absolute blast. Uh, yeah, thanks very much. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That website has links to all of the previous episodes. It has links to a Patreon if you want to support the show directly. It also has links to some merchandise. If you want to put a skelly on your belly, that has, that has the link to do so. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you to all of the patrons, and thank you to all of the people leaving nice reviews. All of that stuff is very much appreciated. We'll be back next week with another episode and another great guest, and until then, remember, don't give up, Skeleton. All right.